Let's turn back, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, kind of uh, pick it up where we left off this morning, be our, our plan. I'm going to read uh, that same passage again, and then we'll pray. You may remain seated. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, the Bible says, Paul uh, called to be an apostle uh, of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you and peace from God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul continues now in verse four, he says, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God, which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's pray, please. Father, we thank you again this afternoon for these thy words. Lord, I pray uh, that you would meet with us now, that you'd be present in a special way as uh, you've promised in your word. Lord, I pray this afternoon that uh, we would take this time together uh, seriously as you do. Lord, looking to you and desiring to be uh, taught, instructed, reminded uh, by you in and through your words. Lord, I pray that uh, Paul's greetings to the Corinthian church, uh, Lord, would be a, an encouragement uh, to the people of our church. Lord, thank you this afternoon for your words, for their power, for all that they accomplish in our hearts, in our minds, um, and in our lives. Uh, Lord, work here now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, you may look up here. Did you get some G's down this morning? Did, did you pen down some G's? Uh, so just quickly review. Number one, we saw Paul's authority to write to the church. Uh, this, this inspired letter, of course, is God, uh, G number one. Uh, number two, uh, we looked at the group, uh, the second G, the group to which Paul wrote. Obviously, that's a church. Uh, it's the church uh, at Corinth there in southern Greece. Uh, number three, uh, his greeting, he, he encouraged them uh, regarding spiritual blessings in the Lord, uh, his greeting. Uh, he said, uh, verse three, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Brother Mike, I'm grateful this morning that there is grace available to us from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm grateful that I'm at peace with God the Father because... Uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm grateful that it's possible to have peace in my spirit uh, because of the Holy Spirit who produces that peace, uh, Brother Ray Metric, as a fruit uh, of the spirit. I believe especially as we yield to the spirit of God, there's, there's a peace that's available to us. We're at peace with God the Father, sort of vertically. There's a peace in our spirit. Uh, and, and that same peace enables us to be at peace 
uh, with one another. We are people who are at peace with the Lord, and therefore we are able to be at peace with one another. Are both of those aspects of peace important? Are all of those aspects of peace? Yeah, of course they are. They're, uh, they're very, very important indeed. Uh, number four, this afternoon now, uh, please get a fourth G down. I want you uh, to see with me, please, Paul's gratitude, uh, his gratitude for uh, the members of, of the Corinthian church. He, uh, his, his heart evidently seems at least to be filled uh, with gratitude for that church and for the individual members uh, of that church. And you see uh, a number of, we make easily a number of different observations um, regarding aspects of his gratitude or uh, specific sort of drivers or reasons uh, for um, his gratitude. By the way, if you're grateful, you're grateful to whom? You're grateful to God, right? I mean, anything that we would be grateful for is ultimately given uh, by him. So, you know, if you, if, you, if you have the thought, boy, I'm thankful, I really appreciate that, I'm thankful for this or that, uh, let, please let that be a prompt to form that thought. Lord, thank you, thank, thank you for this uh, or for that. Paul's grateful for this church. Uh, for different aspects of the church that we'll see. But Mike ultimately is very clear to me that his, his, his ultimate gratitude is uh, in the Lord. It's toward the Lord for what the Lord has accomplished uh, in, in the lives of the individual members of, of this church uh, and, and the church collectively. So uh, look with me at verse four. He says, uh, Paul writes, I thank my, my God always uh, on your behalf for the grace of God, uh, which is given you uh, by Jesus Christ. So uh, I think you could summarize that by saying something like this, uh, number one. So let's, get, let's just make a, a list of things that he's grateful for sort of under this fourth G. Uh, he's grateful for the spiritual strength that they knew in Christ. We, I think we could kind of summarize or restate that verse that way. He's, he's pretty obviously grateful for the spiritual strength uh, that the members of that church found um, in Christ. Uh, grace back in verse 3, more grace here in verse 4. Brother Gary, we need all the grace we can get, right? Uh, I need grace here, there, and, and everywhere. Uh, Paul says, I thank my God always. Brother Mike, he was always thank. I mean, we know Paul, Paul was constantly testifying to uh, how, how prayerful he was and, and always uh, encouraging uh, church members every, everywhere to be uh, prayerful, uh, to be a people who are grateful to God and who tell God. They don't just feel it, but they, uh, they pray grateful prayers. He says, I thank my God uh, always. He was always thankful. He was always praying and thanking the Lord uh, on your behalf. Remember, your is one of those why pronouns, so he's, he's alluding to all of them, the church corporately, but the individual's uh, the specific individuals that make up the church corporately. Uh, he was thankful for all of them. And I, I know I've, I've made this observation, this statement before, but that, that would include the people who were easy to love, people that weren't so easy to love, it would, it, people that weren't annoying, and people that were, you know. Uh, he, 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 he thanked the Lord for uh, all of them. He, I thank my God always on your, all of you, on behalf of all of you, 
uh, for the grace of God, the strength of God, which is given you why, to all of them. He, he's, he's grateful that God has blessed each and every one of them and all of them uh, with spiritual strength by, uh, uh, by Jesus Christ. Christ is the one who, of course, um, has, has made this possible. Now, I want to ask you before we continue, I want to ask you this question. Do you ever feel like you don't have much strength? Do you ever feel like you don't have much spiritual strength to kind of keep going? Do you ever feel that way? Anybody? Do you ever feel that way? Um, maybe. Maybe. Um, when you feel that way, so, someone reminded me um, this morning that I often will say feelings are liars, or at least they can be. Feelings can lie to us. Uh, you be careful when, when you feel like, I just don't have the spiritual strength to go on. Brother Mike, that can be an example of one of those feelings. It's just not being honest with you. If we're saved, uh, if we're in Christ, if we're indwelt by the Spirit of God, if you're saved, you are. Uh, there, there is grace available to us. And sometimes we just need to say, Lord, I, I, don't, I don't feel the strength to go on. I don't feel the strength to go on serving you. I don't feel the strength to go on yielded to you. Just, just yield. <laughs> just say, uh, Lord, I, I'm, 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 help me to look to you for the grace, uh, for the strength I need. Uh, Paul thanked the Lord that every member of that church knew grace from the Lord. That's, that's because the Lord's strength is available. It is, in fact, available to every uh, saved person. Uh, Carolyn, whenever we feel like we're just, you know, kind of puttering out, we can't, can't move on, uh, you know, you just look to the Lord, right? And, and, and you say, Lord, I know uh, I'm in you and you are in me. I, I have the grace. The grace is available to me as I look to you uh, to go on. In Romans 6 and verse 17, Paul, Paul wrote to the Roman church, he said, But God be thanked that ye were the servants of God, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine that was delivered to you. He's always thanking the Lord for churches uh, and church members. He, he, was, he was grateful uh, for churches and the individual members. Uh, I want to just remind you this afternoon, it's very hard to be thankful and grateful and at the same time... Um, uh, depressed and feeling other ne negative feelings. Uh, Brother Ray, we, we, we do well just to say, Lord, help us to stay grateful. Help us to see uh, that which we should be grateful for and, and to pray grateful prayers. Uh, you know, you, you can be, you'd be discouraged by something. Uh, you could be frustrated maybe with someone uh, based on something they did or said, but you know, you, you just pray and say, "Hey, Lord, you know, some, my my situation is a little bit challenging. I, I might be a little discouraged. I'm I'm having some trouble with that individual, but but you know what, Lord, I'm thankful. Uh, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for the grace that's available to me. I'm thankful for that person uh, having been saved and, and and in my church. Yep, I'm struggling with that person right now, but. But thank you for saving that person. Thank you for adding that person to our church. Uh, I certainly wouldn't want them to be lost or, or outside of church just because I'm struggling with, with that person right now. Paul's grateful. Uh, he's grateful for each person. and He's grateful for the spiritual strength uh, that they knew in Christ. Secondly, you see in verse 5, he's grateful. Uh, he's grateful that they're spiritually enriched by Christ. It's interesting. See verse 5. He says that in everything ye are uh, enriched by him. Uh, he, he saw a, a, an enrichment, a strengthening, 
um, uh, that in everything ye are enriched by him. Uh, it gives some examples. In all utterance, um, words, uh, uh, and in all knowledge of God, uh, knowledge, uh, no doubt alluding to God and his words. He says he's, he's thankful that uh, among their spiritual blessings uh, is, is the fact that the Lord has enriched them in knowledge, again, no doubt of God and his words, and in the ability to utter or, or to give forth, perhaps to preach and teach uh, the words of God. Uh, very often we struggle with the thought that uh, God has called uh, any of us to do that. Well, he's called all of us to, to give forth his words. And uh, Rich, we could easily say, as, as I often share, we could easily say, I can't do that. I don't have what it takes to do that. No, but we do have Christ. Uh, we have his grace and we have uh, knowledge of him and the ability to give forth his words uh, because of him. Brother, he, he is the one who makes that possible. Uh, Paul said, hey, uh, uh, he's thankful for saved people who are in a church, who are being built up in, in knowledge of God through the preaching and teaching of God's words. And I think, again, the implication is that, that they are now enabled to go forth and, uh, and to do the same. Lord, give us hearts to learn and to grow so that we can go forth and, and lead people to Christ and help others uh, to learn and grow. And when we're tempted to say, no, I can't do that, Lord, help us to remember that we're in Christ who gives us grace. Uh, we have the Holy Spirit. We have grace and strength that we can uh, employ to accomplish uh, what you've uh, called us to. Third thing uh, that Paul seems to be grateful for, uh, verse 6, he, he seems to say he's grateful for the evidence uh, that he sees of their salvation. He's grateful uh, for the evidence of their salvation. In verse 6, he says, even as the testimony of Christ uh, was confirmed in you. Now, there's a colon there. He, he continues, but I want, I want to stop here. Uh, I believe what he's saying here. I, th I think this is quite clear. He's talking about the testimony of Christ. Um, the, the, do you have a testimony of having been saved? Do you have a testimony of that? You could, you could tell someone... Uh, when you were saved, at least in general, and how you were saved. You know, it was, you know, maybe the year you have, maybe the season, maybe, you know, the date. You know, I was saved in August of 1977. Brother Mike, that seems like a long time ago in some ways, but then in other ways, it seems like it, it, was, it was just yesterday. I didn't always live like a saved person. I know that, but uh, I know for sure that's when I put my faith uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ at that uh, summer camp uh, in 1977, and praise God for that. Uh, Paul, Paul says, listen, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, uh, I believe what he's saying here again is he's, he's grateful that uh, they have testimony regarding Christ, and he's at least implying that there is um, obvious, visible evidence uh, of their salvation. Is there obvious, visible evidence in your life that you're a saved person? Church, would you say? Uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully that's the case, right? Uh, do this with me, please. Would you turn over to First uh, John? Would you turn back to First John, uh, please? Oh, look at uh, so this is a major theme of First of John, John's uh, first epistle. Uh, he he writes on a number of themes, but kind of what rises to the surface for me, at least, is. 
uh, a number of evidences of salvation. Uh, Zach, would you, would you turn to 1 John 5.13 real fast and then read that out loud, if you would, please. Uh, sorry, 1 John 5.13. So go to the end, and then we're going to come back uh, to the beginning. 1 John 5.13 says... So these, these things I've, I've written that, that you may know. The know what, Zach? Um, know that you have eternal life. That you have eternal life. So uh, he, he writes those words toward the end of, of the letter. Uh, so what are these things? Well, these things be everything that came before that. And, and a lot of what's come before that is some very specific evidences of, of salvation. And he... Uh, he really deals with three buckets of, of evidence or proofs, and he addresses them twice, each of them twice um, in this letter. I'm not going to look at all of that. We can't look at all that this afternoon. But um, there, there's, there's really three sort of, again, buckets, if, if you will, of, of evidences. It just makes some notes here real fast here. We'll just see these three, give you the, uh, the verses just to remind you. But uh, first called the moral test. Do I obey? So you could just write obedience. Is, is there... Uh, is there a degree of obedience to the Lord in my life? Uh, is, is there a desire to obey? Is there a growing obedience? I know our obedience is not perfect. Believe me, I know that. Brother Ray, mine is, mine is not. Ours is not. We're not perfectly obedient to the Lord. That's why we need a Savior. But is, is there a heart to obey? Uh, and is there a growing obedience, uh, holiness, if you will, uh, in our lives? Uh, look at 1 John 2 and verse 3, please. 1 John 2 uh, and verse 3. Uh, John writes, and, and hereby we do know that we know him. Here's how we know that we know him. Uh, if we keep his commandments. So obedience. Uh, he, here's a test or, or a proof. You can look at someone's life and say, uh, is, 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 there a, is there a degree of obedience? Does that person have a heart to obey? And is there, is there a growing obedience uh, to the Lord in their life. Yes, yeah, the same thing of myself. Is, is self, is, 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 that, is that true for, for me? Uh, is there a growing obedience? Do I obey? Uh, no doubt Paul is looking at the church at Corinth, and we know he's concerned that there are problems, that there's some disobedience, but no doubt he is also aware that as much as there's concerns, uh, as much as there are some problems that rise to the surface, that he knows that the Lord would have him to address, he also knows that there, there's an obedience uh, in the lives of the people of this church that was not there before. It's of the Lord, it's by the Lord, it's, it's fueled by him, it's for him. Uh, there's an obedience that was not there before. Then secondly, um, there's a, a proof or a test, sometimes it's called the social test, but it's, it's love. Is, is there love? Uh, is there a love in my heart and a desire to do for others that, that was not there before, that is not natural? Um, do, do I have a desire to do for others that, honestly, it's, it's, it, it's, it's just not natural. It's not who I am naturally, but sure enough, I, I recognize a, a compulsion in my heart, uh, a desire in, in my heart to do for others uh, I'm not saying it, you know, it, it, it consumes you all the time or that your love is perfect, but there's a love. There's a desire to do for others. Uh, if you brought food today, you, you, you did for others. I know not everyone can. I, I get that. That's fine. But that would just be one example of a desire to do for others. 
Um, that, that's, that's an evidence of salvation. Uh, John says, it, so still in 1 John 2, uh, and verse 10, he says, uh, would you read it with me, please? 1 John 2, 10. Uh, he, that, are you there? Are you there? Read it with me. Uh, he that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is no, uh, none occasion of stumbling in him. Sorry, I stumbled over the words, but uh, he that loveth his brother. Uh, you go to other places, you make a note, you can see this elaborated on in um, chapter 3, uh, starting in verse 11, chapter 4, starting in verse 7. Uh, John, as you know, John revisits the theme of love several times uh, throughout 1 John, but this is a, this is a major one. Uh, is, is there love? Uh, is there obedience? Is there love? By the way, when you think about obedience and you think about love, is there someone else that you think of right away? Uh, you think of the Lord himself, right? Perfectly obedient to the Father's plan, uh, willing to exercise uh, a perfect love, laying down his life uh, for everyone else. Yeah, uh, this this is uh, proof of a salvation that is made available by the one who was perfectly obedient, who exercised uh, a perfect love. Uh, yeah, he laid down his life that we might be saved, uh, and so that these same evidences would be, well, evident in our own lives. Um, be encouraged this morning by, this afternoon, <laughs> forgive me, uh, these evidences. And I understand it, it can be convicting also because we're not perfectly obedient and we don't exercise a perfect love. But, you know, where, the, where there's been any growth at all in these areas, you, you be encouraged by that today. That's, a, that's an evidence of your salvation. Uh, the third bucket, if you will, is, has been called the doctrinal test. Uh, it simply is, is, is this idea, this question, do I, do I, do I believe the truth? Uh, do I have a heart for truth, and, and do, I, do I believe the truth of God's word? Do I, listen, if, if you're here today and, and you say you're saved, but you have zero heart for the Bible, and, and you've just decided that, you know, so much of the Bible just can't be true, it's not believable, uh, that, that, that's not evidence of salvation. That, that would be evidence of concern, uh, regarding someone's salvation. But if you're here today and, and you can say, you know what, Pastor, um, there, there's things about the Bible that I do not understand, uh, and, and yet somehow I, I believe it. Uh, I don't know how God spoke creation into existence, but somehow, some way, I'm able to believe that. I don't understand the Trinity. I don't know how three distinct persons can be one uh, inseparable God. I don't, I don't get that. I don't understand that. But somehow, I believe that. Uh, I don't know how Christ... I don't understand how Christ could die and be buried and rise again, how God the Father, God the Son, Christ himself could do that, but I believe that. Uh, I don't know how he's going to rapture people off the face of the earth and, uh, and take them to heaven and, and give them resurrection bodies that are incorruptible, but sure enough, I believe that. Uh, if, if you're able to believe these things that would be otherwise difficult to believe, that's evidence of your salvation. You can be encouraged. Do you believe those things? It wouldn't be natural to believe any of that. That would be very unnatural. Uh, it's supernatural. Uh, it's, it's a supernatural thing that we're able to believe uh, these truths. And, you know, I, I, 
I marvel at that. Brother Mike, because we want to think of ourselves as, as very rational people, uh, but we're able to believe, supernaturally, to believe these truths that don't always have a clear natural explanation. Uh, that's okay. These, these are supernatural things, and there's a supernatural power of the Lord that is behind our ability to believe these things. And so, yeah, do I obey? Well, uh, more than I used to. Is, is there love? Sure, more than there used to be. Uh, do I believe the truth of God's word? Yeah, a- absolutely. First John 4, 2, hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth, confesseth that Jesus come uh, in the flesh is of God. And there's just one verse that alludes to this idea. There's a number of verses uh, throughout First John that allude to believing the truth uh, being uh, an evidence that, that you are, in fact, uh, saved. Is that encouraging? Is that encouraging? Yeah, you know, sometimes you, you're in the midst of a spiritual battle and, you know, the devil's poking at you and trying to get you to question or doubt your salvation. You say, listen, uh, I know in whom I've placed my faith. I, I know the gospel. Um, and, and I know what are some biblical evidences of salvation. You know what? There's, there's a growing obedience. There's a growing love. And, and, and I believe God's word somehow, some way. I, there's three biblical, three uh, witnesses to my salvation uh, right there. Uh, that's the Old Testament principle, right? Multiple witnesses. Uh, truth being established by multiple uh, witnesses uh, to that. We have multiple gospels also witnessing to the truth of, of the life and ministry um, of Christ. Uh, so be encouraged uh, be, be greatly encouraged. Paul, uh, there's, he's, he's grateful. He's grateful for their strength. He's grateful for uh, the evidences of their salvation. Uh, and then in verse 7, we see that he's grateful. This all in the context uh, of, of that statement regarding his, his gratitude. Verse 7 says, so that ye uh, come behind in no gift. They, they have uh, all that they need spiritually. And then this phrase Second part of verse 7, waiting uh, for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and so the, the fourth thing here would, would be the idea that he's, I believe in context, that he's grateful um, that they have hearts to watch for the return uh, of Christ. Gary, I don't, I don't preach and teach and remind us enough that, hey, that is our hope. This this. Uh, should be our constant daily hope. Uh, the, today could be the day uh, of the rapture. Uh, you know, from moment to moment, hour to hour, the next hour could be, this, this is our hope, uh, the, our, uh, the resurrection of our bodies, Brother Ray, to, uh, to perfection and, and, and incorruption and uh, all, all the blessings, the heavenly blessings that follow and the returning with Christ uh, at, at his second coming. And uh, all, all of the promises of the millennium and the new heaven and the new earth to follow. Uh, we, we are, and, and certainly this is not an original thought, we are far too invested in, in this world, and uh, if we're not careful, far too little invested in the next. Uh, we, very often we're far too invested in this world and, and far too little uh, invested in the next. Paul is thankful uh, he's grateful that the, the members of the church at Corinth, uh, at least some of them, at least some of the time, are watching and waiting for uh, the coming of our Lord uh, Jesus Christ. That's their heart. They're, they're watching and waiting. 
Uh, Rich, if someone is watching and waiting, do you, do you think that will affect how they live that day? If someone wakes up and says, hey, today's the day the rapture could happen, uh, if, that, that, that'll, that'll change your day, right? It changes how you kind of live your day. It changes um, your hopefulness uh, throughout the day. Uh, that's, if, if you have that certain hope and you're mindful of that, you get up in the morning and uh, you say, oh, well, Brother Mike, the Lord could come to take Today could be the rapture. Today could be my last opportunity to serve uh, my Savior according to the will of God. Uh, if you really believe that today could be the last day to do that, uh, you probably want to serve him according to the will of God today, right? And if rapture doesn't come today, well, you get up the next day, you say, you know what? Uh, I'm going to be watching for the, the rapture again today. Also, that's my hope. And I'm going to keep in mind that today could be the last day I have to serve him. And so uh, I'm going to serve him. This is, this is the heart that the Lord would, would have us to have, not, not, rather than just kind of going through our days and going through our week and going through our month, kind of doing what we do. Uh, no, we have, we have a great hope for the imminent, the, the about to happen, the, 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 the return of Christ is, is imminent. It could, it could happen any moment of any day. We don't know when, uh, and so we, we need to live like the, this next moment could be uh, our last moment, this side of heaven. I want to share some verses with you. Uh, you get some references down, please, and give them to you uh, rather quickly. Colossians 3 in uh, verse 4 says, when Christ, so it's Colossians 3, 4, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. That's our hope. He's our life. Uh, when, when he appears, we're, we, we're going to appear with him uh, in glory. Second Thessalonians, get that down, please. Chapter 1 and verse 7. Second Thessalonians 1 and verse 7. Just get the reference. Uh, Paul writes to the, the Thessalonian church members, and to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels uh, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel. Lord's, Lord's coming. He's going to deal with his enemies and our enemies uh, when he does come. In 1 Timothy 6 and verse 14, uh, Paul, writing to young pastor Timothy, uh, writes uh, that he desires that Timothy would obey the Lord, uh, quote, without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, give me a heart. I'm going to get up tomorrow. No, this could be my last day, uh, this side of heaven, whether or not the rapture comes, right? I mean, I, any number of things could happen. This could be my last day no matter what. Lord, give me a heart to serve you to serve you according to your will uh, and to be obedient to you, knowing that today be less, not my own strength, Lord, but in yours, uh, grace from you. First Peter 1, get this down, please. First Peter 1 and verse 13, uh, Peter writes the Lord's command, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Lord, give us that hope every single uh, day. First uh, uh, Peter 4, chapter 4, verse 13. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings. Yes, we are. We, we suffer this side of heaven as he did. That when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Brother Gary, trials and tribulations and suffering and struggle, they're going to end. 
they're going to end. There's a day coming, First uh, John 5, 4, when the chief shepherd shall appear. That day is coming. Ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. This great hope. Uh, that's a great hope that we have. Lord, help us to be hopeful. Help us to be faithful. Help us to keep our eyes upon you. Help us to uh, be watching and waiting and anticipating that day every day. And Lord, let that be a motivation that we would serve Christ. Not just go through the motions, but really serve Christ according to God's will and obey in your strength. Doing all of that uh, in your strength. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Uh, next, we see Paul's gratitude. He's um, grateful for the spirit, I'm going to say it this way, spiritual stability uh, that they had in Christ. This is verse 8. What number is that in your notes? He's grateful uh, for their strength, for their spiritual enrichment, uh, grateful for the evidence of their salvation. That's three. Grateful for their watchfulness. Number four. Number five. Uh, Paul's grateful for the, the stability, the spiritual stability that they have in Christ. Uh, verse 8, uh, regarding Christ, he writes, Who shall also confirm you uh, unto the end that or so that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ? Well, the day of our Lord, the day of, day of the Lord, that would be the, the day of the rapture, that, that period of time that begins uh, with the rapture. Now, uh, you look at a verse like verse 8, you say, well, there might, be, there might be a few doctrines that are alluded to here. And I, and I don't disagree if, if that's what you think. Um, there, there certainly could be an allusion to the security of our salvation uh, in this verse. Uh, is your salvation secure, church? Yeah, amen. Can you lose it? No. It's either eternal or it's not. It's either secured by the Father, the Son, and sealed by the Holy Spirit, or it's not. My Bible teaches that it is, and yours does too. Uh, I know there's, there's debate, good people disagree, but I, I, the Lord's just showing me that it's, it's a settled issue. Uh, our, my salvation um, is secure, and praise God for that. Uh, he'll confirm us uh, to the end. Well, praise God, I, I can see that here. Um, I believe there's also here the idea of uh, the stabilizing effect of Christ in our life. And that this word confirm here really does have that idea, um, the idea of um, something that is stabilizing uh, like a firm foundation. Now remember uh, Wednesday night, we were looking at the effect of sin in both the life of an individual and in a nation. Nations being made up of individuals, right? And we saw the, the destabilizing effect of sin in the lives of, of this long string of kings in the north, right? They, uh, they just continued in sin and continued in sin, and, and it was destabilizing uh, in their personal lives, but it was also destabilizing to the nation of Israel as a whole. Sin, sin destabilizes. Paul looks at the church at Corinth, and he knows there's problems there, but uh, even in the face of some sin and some problems, those people in that church have a firm, stable foundation 
which is the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's thankful for that. We'll stop this morning and say this. We need to be thankful for that too. You know there's some sin in your life, and, and you know that it has potential uh, to be destabilizing personally, and you know it has potential to be harmful to brothers and sisters in Christ, especially in, in your own church. But uh, that, that said, we, we have the, a firm foundation, which is Christ. Uh, we, we, we have a steadying, stabilizing foundation, uh, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you, you do well to be thankful for that, uh, as Paul was thankful for that. Who shall also confirm you uh, unto the end? Uh, Romans 16, verse 25. Uh, just take that down as a cross-reference, please. Uh, we were there not all that long ago. Um, now, he, Paul wrote uh, last week, uh, Now to him that is of power to establish you. Uh, to stabilize you, to establish you, to place you upon a firm foundation and, and to keep you established. Uh, now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since uh, the world began. He, he goes on from there. But the, the point I have us to see or hear, at least in that verse, is, is Christ is the one who has the power to establish, uh, to strengthen, to stabilize our lives that had been made very unstable uh, because of sin. Uh, in 2 Corinthians Get the reference, please. Second Corinthians 1 and verse 21, Paul refers to Christ. He says, now he which establisheth us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, uh, the Father, the Son. Uh, he, he is the one who establishes, establishes, strengthens, uh, gives us a firmness and stability in our lives. In 2 Thessalonians 3 and verse 3, uh, Paul writes, but the Lord is faithful who shall establish you uh, and keep you from evil. He is the uh, stabilizing uh, influence in our lives where sin would otherwise destabilize our lives as we've seen in 1st 2nd Kings. I'll give you one more. It's 1st John 5 and verse 10. 1st John 5 and verse 10. Uh, but the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. Praise God. Um, it's something that you can be um, thankful for um, this afternoon as, as Paul was. Uh, he looked upon this church, and it was a church that had some troubles, uh, some problems. He said, listen, I, I'm going to address this as, as God has given me these words. Uh, I'm going to address them on, not according to my own authority, number one, but, but God's authority. The group that he addresses, we've seen this morning, it's a church. It's not freelance Christians out there doing their own thing. It's people who have been faithful uh, to be uh, active members in place uh, in their church. Uh, no doubt, despite concerns about the problems there and despite difficulties in, uh, in being faithful to be there. He, he greeted them, number three, uh, encouraging them regarding all the blessings that they knew in the Lord. They had problems, uh, Brother Mike, but there was blessings. There were blessings in the face of all of those problems as well. Uh, we saw that. We saw his gratitude. Lord, help us. Lord, help us to be grateful for these same truths 
that, that we can see in our lives and in our church. Uh, Lord, help me to be encouraged and grateful for uh, the strength that I know in you. Help me to be encouraged and grateful for the evidences of salvation that I can see in my life and in the lives of uh, brothers and sisters in my, in my church, my, my church family. Lord, help us to be grateful for the uh, certainty of the return of Christ and all the hope uh, that we have in that. And Lord, help us to be grateful for the stability that we know in our lives because of Christ. Uh, Brother Richard, I can only conclude that we have much to be grateful for this afternoon. I praise God for that. Let's stop there, please, and pray. Father, thank you. Lord, thank you. We do indeed have much to be grateful for today. We thank you today for our salvation. We don't deserve it, but boy, are we grateful. Lord, I thank you for this church. Thank you for each and every person that you have placed into this church. Father, I'm grateful for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, thank you for a visitor that you brought today, uh, a dear sister in the Lord who has a, an obvious, clear testimony of knowing Christ. And Lord, we pray that um, you would guide her and direct her, help her to be careful and uh, prayerful in, in making uh, the decisions that she needs to make. But Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to meet her today and to encourage her and uh, to hear some of her own testimony of how you've uh, worked in her life despite great trials. Lord, thank you. Uh, we thank you for that. Father, we, um, we confess this afternoon, I confess this afternoon that um, we, we struggle at times to uh, remember uh, to be thankful, uh, to remember to be grateful. Uh, Lord, it's, it's so easy, as you know, for us to take our eyes off of you and to focus on and, and dwell on things that are wrong, things that are hard, things that are challenging, trials, whether it's a person or uh, some financial struggle or whatever it is, Lord, we, the physical trial, uh, Lord, we, you know, we struggle at times to, uh, to not be discouraged by these things. Lord, help us bear in mind today that you have purposes for all the trials that you allow, that you're at work in them, growing our reliance upon you, growing our faith, drawing us closer to you. Lord, I pray also in the face of these struggles that we never forget to be thankful. We never forget to be thankful. We never forget to be thankful for our salvation, for each other, for you, for all the certain hope that we have. Lord, if we've allowed ourselves to forget to be thankful, I pray even now, even in this moment, that we just take a moment and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm convicted this afternoon that, that I, I just forget to be thankful. I, I forget at times uh, to be thankful, and I allow myself to be focused on other things, to be discouraged, take my eyes off of you, and uh, I, I'm tempted at times to be anxious, depressed, worried, and ungrateful. Lord, help me to take my eyes and place them back upon you. All that you've accomplished in my life, your love, your trustworthiness, your faithfulness to me. Lord, help me to put my eyes back upon you. All the truth that I know about you and all the hope that I have in you and to be hopeful 
to be thankful. Lord, I pray that gratitude, that thankfulness be pleasing to you and that it would be a, a testimony to others, the truth of your power in my life. Father, thank you. Give you a moment to pray as I come and close this in, in one more song. Father, thank you for thankful people. They're an encouragement to me, and I thank you for them. Lord, have your hand upon us as we uh, close in song now. I, uh, I pray, Father, that you'd be pleased. Lord, as we travel back home now, pray that you have your hand upon us. Keep us safe. Give us safe traveling mercies. Give us hearts to be back here Wednesday, if at all possible. Have your hand upon us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for being here. Zach, you come, please. All right, please stand with me as we turn to number 418. Our last song will be Meet Me There. We'll sing the first and the last of 418, Meet Me There. First Thessalonians 417 says, So shall we ever be with the Lord. First and last of 418. <clears throat> On the happy golden shore Where the faithful part no more When the storms of life are roar Meet me there when the night dissolves away into pure and perfect day, I am going home to stay. Meet me there, meet me there, meet me there. Where the tree of life is blooming, meet me there. When the storms of life are o'er on the happy golden shore, where the faithful part no more, meet me there. And the last, where the harps of angels ring and the blessed forever sing, palace of the king, meet me there. Sweet communion blend, heart with heart and friend with friend, in a world that shall never end, meet me there. Meet me there, meet me there, where the tree of life is blooming, meet me there. Storms of life are on the happy golden shore, where the faithful part no more, meet me there. Right, uh, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all the great services you've given us today. Please help us not to be um, forgetful of what we've heard, but to be doers of your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen.